Hello, my name is Levi Dugan. I'm the lead pastor at Kaylee Community. And over the month of April, you're going to see something a little bit different in our digital sermons online. Uh, the reason for this is because uh, I am making a mission trip to Israel, uh, not only to see the holy sites and have sort of an educational opportunity with other pastors and lay leaders in the uh, Methodist Conference in Oklahoma, but also to do some mission work and uh, to build relationships and uh, learn what life is like on the other side of the world. And so while I'm gone, I've invited some of my good friends, people I love to share in their wisdom. I will have some sermons uh, that will be provided throughout the month of April, but there will also be some presented by my friends. And so today I want to have you listen to a sermon by Pastor Carlos Ramirez of Southern Hills United Methodist Church. Carlos is, I think, one of the most decent human beings I've ever met. And this is one of the best sermons that I've ever heard. Uh, it's powerful. And as you know, Southern Hills United Methodist Church hosts Kaylee Community right now as we worship monthly in our gatherings at the end of each month. And they've been incredibly supportive of who we are. Pastor Carlos in particular has been unbelievably supportive, and you'll notice that he mentions Kayla Community a number of times in this conversation. I think it's a sermon worth hearing, it's important, and I think that you will be moved by it as much as I was. So, here is Pastor Carlos Ramirez. We're going to read from the book of Ezekiel today. What you don't know is that when I step up here and I accidentally touch Carlos's iPad, it's Darth Vader. Uh, <laughs> staring up at me ominously like and then what is this the sith lord there's some kind of darkness here on this ipad okay i'm just picking on him. all right ezekiel chapter 37 starting in verse 1 it says the lord's power overcame me and while i was in the lord's spirit he led me out and set me down in the middle of a certain valley it was full of bones he led me through them all around and I saw that there were a great many of them on the valley floor, and they were very dry. He asked me, human one, can these bones live again? And I said, Lord God, only you know. He said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the Lord's will, the Lord's word. The Lord God proclaims to these bones, I'm about to put breath in you and you will live again. I will put sinews on you, place flesh on you and cover you with skin when I put breath in you and you come to life, you will know that I am the Lord. I prophesied just as I was commanded. There was a great noise as I was prophesying, then a great quaking, and the bones came together bone by bone. When I looked, suddenly there were sinews on them, the flesh appeared, and then they were covered over with skin. But there was still no breath in them. He said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy human ones, say to the breath, the Lord God proclaims, come from the four winds breath, breathe into these dead bodies and let them live. I prophesied just as he commanded me. When the breath entered them, they came to life and stood on their feet, an extraordinarily large company. He said to me, human one, these bones are the entire house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope has perished. We are completely finished. So now prophesy and say to them, the Lord God proclaims, I am opening your graves. I will raise you up from your graves, my people, and I will bring you to Israel's fertile land. You will know that I am the Lord when I open up your graves and raise you up from your graves, my people. 
Indeed, Christ is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. What does it say about your pastor that Darth Vader is staring back at Pastor Levi? Kind of. Anyway, um, I forgot to do uh, one last announcement. It is that tonight, oh, the kids, please, if they want to go with Miss Olivia to uh, uh, Children's Church, just follow her, follow the leader, leader, and she will be happy to go with you or you know, take you to Children's Church. Anyway, uh, tonight at uh, 6 p.m., our sister church, the Cayley Community, is worshiping with us here today. And the, the speaker for us, uh, for, for this month, for, for our sister church, the Cayley Community, is uh, Ms. Wheelchair Oklahoma, Aspen Baxter. So please, if you want to come and uh, experience their worship, they have a lovely time. Then also um, eat. Maybe, you know, that always helps. So if you want to do that at 6 o'clock tonight. All right. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks today that we have come to celebrate that you are in, your, in our lives, that you have given us um, light and life in abundance. So I pray that now that we are meditating upon your word, that you use me as your instrument, that everything I'm just about to say come from you and be for the edification of your church. In your name we pray. Amen. So uh, we are uh, to the last of our uh, worship series called uh, Lessons from the Wilderness. It is two more Sundays, uh, even though next Sunday is Palm Sunday. We're going to be wrapping it up, kind of concluding it. Uh, and today, uh, I would like to, well, I would put it this way. Last Sunday was kind of a rough Sunday for us United Methodists in Oklahoma. Uh, probably you saw the news on the, on, the, on the paper and online and even on the TV about, you know, all the, the kerfuffle that we're going through, all the difficult times that we're going through. So I thought appropriate that today, using the scripture for today, kind of the answer or the, a word that I think, I hope it comes from the Lord. So... With that in mind, in the 500s BCE or before Christ, before Common Era, Babylon conquered and destroyed the kingdom of Judah. Uh, Jerusalem was leveled along with the temple. The leaders were taken into exile and the common people were left to work the land for the new masters. All people knew, all that was sacred, all that meant home, all was gone. All people could see was rubble and ruins. People, people's hearts were also destroyed. People will have felt pain, sorrow, anger, frustration, and even hate toward their captors. Life, as, uh, as they knew it, it was all all but gone. The closest point of reference that I think we have today is the tragedy that is happening in, in Ukraine. We see and we hear terrible stories of lives lost, of cities destroyed, 
of unbelievable sorrow and pain across the country. And this pain is so vast that the world is feeling it all along as well. This is why Ezekiel's vision was so grim. The Lord led me out and set me down into the middle of a certain valley and was full of bones. In the land that was supposed to be of milk and honey, there were only dry bones left. Dead was the only thing that remained, at least they could see. And the Lord led me through them all around, and I saw that there were a great many of them, not only a few, a great many of them on the valley floor, and they were dry, not only dry, but very dry. So let me speak from my own experience. When we endure trauma, in other words, when our personal safety is undermined, when we have a sense of catastrophe that could strike at any time, that experience colors our lives. What do I mean? And this experience or these experiences will guide our actions, our words, our emotions. And again, taking from my own experience, the effects of those hardships, pain, fear, anxiety, bitterness, sadness, loneliness, anger, hate, will take the wheel of our lives and all we will see are valleys of dry bones. I think as a denomination we are experiencing devastation. People we call brothers and sisters, colleagues, mentors, are no longer around with us. What we thought was sacred, such as relationships and actual places of worship, have been dislocated. We are disoriented. All that meant church home is gone. Many brothers and sisters are in actual exile, trying to find a new place for worship, a new community, and even make new friends. I have felt personally the pain, the anxiety, the bitterness, the sadness, and the anger of what we're going through. I am mourning the loss of friends, the loss of colleagues, the loss of congregations, the loss of relationships. And I'm also troubled by the damage we are bringing upon ourselves when people hear the turmoil that we're going through. The outside people, those Methodists, those Methodists. There is not a silver lining that I can discern. I do not think that there are winners in this situation. We all are losing something. No matter what people say, there's no winners. In my point of view, they're only, we are all losing something. We are all affected by the splintering of our denomination. As people called United Methodists, we are walking through the valley of the dry bones. Can I hear an amen? This valley extends beyond Oklahoma and, and our conference. The dry bones are visible across our country and across annual conferences. I know of annual conferences that are losing 50% of the churches. There are conferences that have lost 80% of the churches. When it's all said and done, we may have lost 25, 30%, maybe. We don't know. So I think at this point, it is very easy for our pain, our fear, anxiety, bitterness, sadness, 
loneliness, anger, to take the wheel of our lives. It is very easy to only see dry bones scattered all over, everywhere. If we let these feelings fester for too long in our hearts, these feelings will turn into everlasting bitterness and even hate. Grace, which is the unconditional love and forgiveness, will give way to vindication and recrimination and judgment. Our pain will tempt us to descend into a spiral of antagonism and retaliation and blame. If we allow ourselves to go this down spiral, the valley of desolation will not end. The Lord asked me, human one, can these bones live again? I said, Lord God, only you know. Can the Methodist Church, the United Methodist Church, live again? On August 28, 1963, before a crowd of nearly 300,000 people, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. delivered what is arguably the most celebrated civil rights speech in American history. We all know the famous speech, right? Almost by heart. Perhaps you have heard being quoted by pastors before me. Uh, we pastors like to quote him. I mean, what is not to like? It is an easy, an easy kind of, uh, yeah, I got it, an easy sermon, and we finish, we type a sermon, it is done, right? Dr. King did the work for us. I have quoted this speech many times. And it's very typical for us to fast forward, to rush to the powerful moment when Dr. King said, I have a dream, right? It is tempting to rush to that place. Yet I think there is a very important part of the speech that is left or never mentioned or barely mentioned at all. We all remember is that I have a dream part. So Dr. King, right before he gets to the climax of his speech, I have a dream, before he says that, he goes on to say the following. There is something that I must say to my people who stand on the warm threshold which leads into the palace of justice. In the process of gaining our rightful place, we must not be guilty of wrongful deeds. Listen to this part. Let us not seek to satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred. Let me say that again. Let us not seek to satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred. We must forever conduct our struggle on the high plane of dignity and discipline. Again and again, we must rise to the majestic heights a meeting physical force with soul force. And as we walk, we must make the pledge that we shall always march ahead. We cannot turn back. African Americans, by the time Dr. King is speaking, had endured slavery and segregation. They have endured ridicule, dehumanization, and disenfranchisement. Like no buying a house in certain places, no right to vote. They have endured arrests, persecution, and lynchings. So bitterness and hatred were not hard to take hold on people's hearts. One could even say justifiably they could feel that way. Yet, Dr. King says, let us not seek to satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness 
and hatred. It does not seek to satisfy a thirst of freedom and by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred. Why? Because if our hearts, minds, souls, and eyes are flooded by bitterness and hatred, we will not be able to see the dream. A dream where all the people are equal in our country, where people are judged by the content of their hearts and not by the color of their skin. One can only see the dream if our hearts and our minds and our souls and our eyes are free of obstacles and are clouded by anger or bitterness or hatred. It is the same thing with our passage today. Ezekiel's vision is surrounded by dry bones and it's all he can, he can see. It's all that people in Israel could see. Yet God asked him, can these bones live again? And there was an earthquake and the bones started to come together and flesh appeared. And not only that, but God breathed new life into their bodies. And the Lord said to me, human one, these bones are the entire house of Israel, and they say our bones are dried up, and our bones uh, and, our, and, our, and our hope has perished. We are completely finished. And the Lord God proclaims, "I'm opening your graves. You will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and you raise up from your graves, my people." The flesh and the breath of life cannot arrive if the house of Israel at the time was only focused on the bones, what they lost in the rubble and the pain. In other words, God was already acting in the life of Israel. God was already at work to bring back them from exile and to rebuild the holy city and, and the temple. But the people needed to see that. The people needed to understand that. They were not able to see the new life if they were only focusing on their pain, on their fear, the anxiety, the bitterness, the hatred, the loneliness, the sadness. The Lord God proclaims to these bones, I'm about to put breath in you, and you will live again. So today the Lord is telling to Southern Hills United Methodist Church, prophesy over these bones. These bones are the entire house of the United Methodist Church. They say our bones are dried up. Our hope is perished. We are completely finished. So now prophesy, Southern Hills United Methodist Church. Prophesy, Kaylee community. And say to them, the Lord God has proclaimed, I'm opening your graves. I will put my breath in you. How you will live. And I will plant you in a fertile land. And you will know that I am the Lord. I've spoken. And it will be do it. This is what the Lord says. The Lord will put God's bread in us, United Methodists, to minister to our immediate mission fields. Our fertile land will be people from different colors, different backgrounds, different nationalities, different abilities, different socioeconomic status, different gender identities, different theological opinions and political convictions, yet one and united in the faith in Jesus Christ. The Lord God, our God, will bread new life on us, United Methodists, to end conversations like the one I have with a colleague. They went like this. I met with a colleague not long ago, a bunch of us together, and we 
part of that uh, conversation or part of that meeting end up in lunch, and during lunch, that person asked me, so Carlos, what are you doing now? And I said, well, I am part-time working for the conference, and also I am at Southern Hills United Methodist Church. And he asked, who is the, who is the senior minister there? And I said, you know, well, me? And he said, huh, well, uh, you know that that church used to be very good. And I said, well, I know what to respond. I finished eating and I left. So the Lord God will put God's bread on us, United Methodists, to end conversations like this one. And the fertile land will be when the leadership of people of colors and genders, of all types of leadership, will not be questioned, but affirmed and encouraged. The Lord God, our Lord, will brethren us, United Methodists, to be agents of peace, unity, love, and hope into a divided society. The fertile land will be lives transformed, relationships restored, tears, sadness, loneliness, filled by friendship, friendships, acceptance, and love. The Lord, our God, will put bread upon us, United Methodists, for amid the adversity, the challenges that we have to still endure, the hard work that it will take for us to respond to God's calling, the hard work of rebuilding, we will be able to stand tall knowing that God is breathing new life into us all. So prophesy, Southern Hills United Methodist Church, prophesy, Kaylee community, prophesy over these bones and say, our bones, they say, our bones are dried up and our hopes have perished. We are completely finished. So now prophesy, Southern Hills United Methodist Church, prophesy, Kaylee community, and say to them, the Lord God proclaims, I open in your graves. I will put new breath in you, and you will live. This is what the Lord says. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Lord, indeed, we feel the struggles, the pain. And at times, we all only can see dry bones, knee-deep, not only bones, but dry to the core. But you are the Lord of life. You are the Lord that defeated death. You are the one who can bring bones and even dust back to life and breathe new life into all of us. So I pray that you give us the courage and the assurance that one, you're walking along with us, that we are not alone. But secondly, that you're yelling at us and telling a prophesy. New breath is coming. The breath of life is already upon you. Can you see it? Can you feel it? Lord, we give you thanks because you are our Lord. And in your name, we will stand tall 
Do not drink from the cup of hatred and bitterness, but drink from the cup of life that is your Son, Jesus Christ. In your name we pray. Amen.